you know, that's my bit. <laughs> First of all, we already started recording. That's my business. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I was gonna Ooh. say, G- "Gigolos Get Lonely" too is a is an underrated anthem or great song. Is all I was gonna say to complete my thoughts. But let's start the show. Mm-hmm. That's a great song. It is. And welcome into the barbershop nine one eight. You up in here with your man, Big Drew. Big Drew. J Rock. Boom. And the one and only Raw Dog. Hi. Hi. We got a jam. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on over there. <laughs> we got a jam-packed show for you today. Pack with jelly, baby. And a little bit of jam on the side. All right. So, coming up in the world-class word on the street, we're going to talk everything music, television, pop culture, and uh, movies, and everything else you can think of. Also, we're going to get into a little bit of Thunder Talk. The Thunder are performing at an adequate level, and we are excited about that. And the NFL discussion is going to get great because right now we have a dumpster fire called the NFC East. And we've got to go ahead and talk about it. (laughs) we got to talk about it. This is wasteland. Yes, it is a vast, just, yeah. It's Why? It, it, Why? Like we were talking earlier off air, Raw Dog, it's a heaping, a heap of mess. A whole heap of mess. All right, so let's go ahead and get into it right now with the thing you came for. This is uh, this is what you came for. This is what it's all about right here. Your week's been long. It's been a long time. We shouldn't have left you. But right now, we're about to make it up to you. It's time for the world class word on the street. Word on the street. It's the sweet one. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I, I can promise you. the church I can promise you this. If we had to record every single day, it's no way. In, we would have. It's no way. It's no way that your vocal cords, with all that gold that's just spewing from it, it's no way that the people just, would. It's, it, it would be it would be way too much. It's it's too much to ask of one man. It really is. It is. It is. And I I just want to thank you for that. J Rock. It's time for the music news, man. What you got? Uh, this weekend, the music charts uh, we have coming in at number ten. Summer Walker with her Over It album debut album. Uh, number nine. Uh, it's this time of the year, and Mariah Carey's Merry Christmas album is back in the top ten. Uh, coming in at number seven, Fabulous with his. Summertime Shootout 3 album, Cold Winter, excuse me, Cold Summer, is number seven. Uh, coming in at number three is Trippy Red with a love letter to you for. Number two, uh, I cannot mention his name. Uh, it is <laughs> Hollywood <laughs> Bleeding album. Uh, it's still on the charts. Uh, he, he has dominated the charts the last three years with all three of his albums that he has released. Uh, coming in at number one is uh, the Frozen 2 soundtrack. I'm sure Raw Dog is going to let us know how much money they've made in the next segment, but it's now the number one album in America. Uh, that is our chart news. Uh, we had some tragic news uh, in hip-hop culture uh, this past Sunday. 21-year-old rapper Juice World uh, tragically passed away from an apparent seizure in the Chicago Midway Airport. Uh, the details that have come out on that death is, is that he was on a private jet, and the FBI was going to search the plane when they landed. But when they landed, uh, Juice World uh, swallowed a a lot of pills that was a Percocet, and he had an apparent seizure, and he died at about 3.50 a.m. early Sunday morning. Uh, they found that it was guns on the plane, and there was 70 pounds of marijuana also found so uh, prayers to Juice World, his friends and family. He was only 21 years old. He passed away tragically at the age of 21. Uh, just Did you say 70 pounds family. of marijuana, bro? You said 70, 70 pounds? pounds? Mar- 77 zero. How, you, you know how much weed that is? A lot. Yeah, it was on a private plane, so a whole lot. Good God, that's a lot of weed, bro. It makes me hot just thinking about it. Yeah, you know, when you're old, you don't know who these artists are. And so, like, the kids uh, around the neighborhood called my son Juice World. I didn't know who he was until I looked it up and I read the story. Man, it was real tragic, like, what's going on with, you know, like, just. And he's not the last. I mean, like, it's been in recent history. There's been a lot of young stars that have just passed away. Like, and it's all been 
related to you know drugs have been like a few steps away from it man so um the, the opioids it's a real deal man it's a real deal we got we got to take that very seriously you know it's not the drugs you think it is so it's the pills yeah but that's that's all i got for uh music news uh raw dizzle it's on you sir so we want to talk about the uh top five Box office chumps of the week. At number five, we got uh, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, making 5.2. Y'all know what that movie is. It's about Mr. Rogers. That's got Tom Hanks playing Mr. Rogers. At number four, Queen and Slim brought in 6.6 million. Still in top five. Still doing good business. Uh, and number three, uh, we got a movie called Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, it made 6.6 million. And number two, uh, this is flick called Knives Out. Y'all heard about this one? Nope. Yeah, uh, yeah. Is it the one that, what's the... <laughs> the uh, Daniel Craig's in it. The guy that played James Bond is in it. And it's like a whodunit, like like a clue type of movie. Uh, it's making big business. It made 14 mil this past weekend. And of course, at number one, uh, again, it's Frozen 2. It made 35 mil. So there you go. That's going to be number one for a few weeks. Where on the charts is the Harriet movie? And Harriet is at number 12. Oh, okay. 21 Bridges with Chadwick Boseman. The guy that played, you oh, know, yeah, where he's like pass off. Yeah, that's he's at number seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I know we was just, you know, looking at the black movies that are on the charts. Yeah. You know, on the charts. I thought we were looking are at you, all of them. I'm sorry, are you new to the show? But. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that was part of part of the thing, bro. It always, <laughs> I'm this. Yeah, listen, yeah, listen back to the last few shows. I, I keep at like even the last show I asked you where Harriet was, and then I've always asked you where uh, Tyler Perry movies are. We still to this day. I was about to ask you where Acrimony is. I was just about to ask you that. Oh no, man! With Tyrese, With Tyrese yeah. Uh, that's making thirty. It's at number thirty-three. It made ninety-one thousand last week. So uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god it'll be on netflix next month so just the reason i don't like talking about the black movies when they're not making a lot of money somebody could have just gave them gave tyrese and them that well when you said they did ninety one thousand, that sounded like a loan like that sound like something that like, <laughs> like i needed ninety one thousand. like it didn't sound like it's a box office report if you want to know the true number is $91,478.51. That sounds like change. Like, like that was change off of 100000 <laughs> They already have the dollar movie. Yeah. All right. Jay, I know you went to go see Queen and Slim. I went to go see it Sunday night. Um, it took me a while to get to the movie theater to see it, but it was well worth it to me. I want to kind of hear a quick review from you, Jay, uh, about, you know, how'd you feel about and Queen no Slim? And spoilers, man. No spoilers. I ain't seen it yet. That's on him, bro. No, I'm just playing. Wow. <laughs> yes. Hey. No, I, 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 I enjoyed the movie. Me and my wife enjoyed the movie. Obviously, from the previews, you see how the movie goes without me uh, putting it out. I guess everybody's expectation is something of like a Disney ending, but we know how the movie is going to end. It's just... You know, I, I like the the soundtrack for the movie. I like the, the the relationship that was built between the characters, the main two characters, because in the beginning, you know, they kind of like were awkward towards each other, but they grew on each other, and I enjoyed that. I enjoyed Bokeem Woodbine's uh, part as Queen's uncle from the movie. He reminded me of Dave Chappelle for some reason. It's just the way he was talking, he reminded me of a a bigger Dave Chappelle, like a fatter Dave Chappelle, but it was funny. Uh, the movie had Flea in it from uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Listen, uh, Lena Waits and the other young lady, they did a great job of putting this movie together. Uh, it's just, I love Black Love, and it had a feel of like Jason's lyric mixed in with Love Jones from the love, the Black Love standpoint, in my opinion. And the soundtrack, you know, with movies these days, you don't get many good soundtracks. But the Queen of Slim soundtrack, it plays in with the movie, and it's available on all the digital streaming platforms. So you should check it out. It was it was a great movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I think for me, I, it, it got me to really thinking, like, along that same line of knowing that you, you, as a black person sitting in the theater, you knew not to get detached. Like, 
And there was a couple of key things that happened in the film that I feel like they did an excellent job of keeping you detached away. Like, even though you started to root in a certain direction, they had these little bitty markers that kept bringing you back to reality. Like, this is still a serious issue. But I've had a conversation. There was a conversation with a lot of black people amongst a lot of black people on Twitter and and other places where they don't want to see the movie because they're tired of seeing this storyline like they're tired of seeing black people dying at the hands of police or they're tired of seeing black people shot or targeted by the police regardless of you know so like all these different things um they just people are tired of seeing it and so for me I felt like the cinema uh, the cinema photography was like so good that it drew me into a space of just like looking at what these shots weren't simplistic. Like even though some of them seemed like they were, they were shot beautifully. There was an element of, you could see parts of like the, the romance of the relationship where you could see like, literally you could see where her skin glowed and they'd use the lighting in a certain way. And then once the reality, like every now and then, like you could see the reality of like, they were actually on the run and it even changed you know, in the way that they were lit a little bit and the way makeup was done. And so there was a lot of elements to it that I loved, but definitely loved the uncle. Um, and it was, I can't say nothing that would be a spoiler. I don't want to give a spoiler, but yeah, everything up into, to me, it was, it was a beautiful movie. I suggest everyone go see it. It's weird for me. Now, this is raw dog. So you're not left out. I want your, your, I, cause I, me and my wife thought about this when we were walking out. She, she said this to me. She's like, isn't it kind of weird sometimes when you're in a movie theater and it's a black movie, like it's a movie that's like has sensitive subjects for black people, but you're in the movie theater surrounded with a lot of white people. And when we went to go see Queen and Slim, there was a like this is Portland. You you're not gonna get away from white people being like everywhere. Um, have you ever gone and seen a movie and it was kind of awkward, like because you looked around and it was like, you know, like it's sort of like when you said you wasn't going to go see Harriet until you was in the right space. You needed to be in a slave mood. I'm never going to see, um, what's the movie that Chadwick Boseman played, Jackie Robinson? Was it Jackie Robinson he played? 42. 42. 42. Yeah. yeah, I went and saw 42, and it was me and my son and nothing but white folks. And let me tell you, when the scene came up, when the, uh, the <laughs> other team's banjo was going in yeah. <laughs> on Jackie Robinson, it yeah. felt really uncomfortable, bro. <laughs> yeah, because he. Well, let me he, tell you, when that, when that movie was over with, they, the white folks cheered. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give up for the black guy. <laughs> like, they didn't know how it was going to end. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, man. <laughs> but, yeah, I just that, I just want to throw that out there. But what's your last three, man? What's your last, or not three? What's your last, what's your movies you suggest we go out and see, man? Oh, uh, definitely want to go check out. Man, you threw me off. My uh, Jumanji, the next level, comes out on Friday, December 13th, with uh, Dwayne Johnson and your boy, Kevin Hart. Uh, looks pretty interesting. Uh, you want to watch a horror flick, then check out Black Christmas. It's a remake of uh, a slasher film from uh, uh, back in the, the early 80s. But it's made a PG thirteen, so it can't be that bad. You say, I mean, you what's know. it called? What are you gonna... What's it called again? Black Christmas. Uh, Black Black Christmas. Yeah, this is this isn't Soul Plane, so it's not that kind of movie. Uh, it's Black Christmas. As in, oh, it's a scary Christmas because there's a guy in the house trying to kill all of us. That oh. type of thing. So, uh, and then the third one is a movie directed by Clint Eastwood called Richard Jewell yeah. about the uh, security guard that uh, you know found the the bomb. And he got blamed for it. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing about that Richard Jewell commercial. And they've been playing it out on ESPN, um, which is like becoming baby Fox news station for me. But um, they, every time I see the commercial, man, I'm like, it doesn't really intrigue me, but it's, it's like a lifetime movie for me. And I guess, but I might check it out. Yeah, that's kind of how I see it. I wouldn't dare pay, play, uh, pay money to go see it, but if it comes on HBO, I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, it's time for us to talk a little bit about what's going on around television, man. So 
for me, I've been watching a lot of Disney Plus, which is not really a lot of new content. So I don't got a lot of new stuff. But when I hopped over to Netflix, two interesting things I saw on Netflix, Astronomy Club, which is a uh, it's like um, it's a it, well, it's not it's a sketch comedy show all black cast. These are all pretty much relatively unknowns. If you're into that world, you know who these people are. They've been around for a minute, not a minute, minute, but they've been around for a little while. Um, some of them you've seen on YouTube here and there, but for the most part, they're relative unknowns, especially in comparison to some of the other black sketch comedy shows that have been around. Like there's star power on like the black female, uh, the black woman sketch show on HBO. This one, not, not as much. Um, so, this is a good, you know, it's solid, man. It made me laugh a few different times. Like it came in with it, you know, it came in with a good joke, you know, a couple of good jokes. So I would suggest you watch it. It's one you can turn around and binge real quick. Another side note, and I mentioned this already, right? But I, I went ahead and binged all season four of Greenleaf. I'm not ashamed to say that me and my wife will, will sit up and watch Greenleaf. It's an excellent show. I'm not proud of myself. <laughs> But I love it. <laughs> so, so, oh, not green, man! You gotta binge it, man. You gotta binge it. It this season four was a trip. So for me, that's my that's you know every now and then you gotta have that show that you watch is just ignorant. Like it ain't got nothing to do with life. You just watch it. I think to me, Greenleaf is my. I won't say it's my power, but uh, it's a good show. I like it. Now, what it's not, because this is an excellent show, is The Watchmen. Now, The Watchmen, that's a show that I don't care who you are. You should be able to watch it and enjoy it thoroughly. It's an excellent show. I'm all in. And the fact that they keep talking about Tulsa is just a trip to me. Yeah. And, you know, I I love that. Like, I really love that they stay true to it. The last episode was so brilliant because there was the the one thing I loved about the last episode that the director did that I thought was really great. They never showed us in the episode the actual Watchmen's face. Did the whole right. show where, you know, like they, they were on this date and it was it was always the image behind him showed Angela's face. You know, then they showed him as Kyle, but they never really actually showed the Watchmen's actual face, which has some significance to it. But I love the factor that it was uh, this whole like the build up to everything like um, all the little clues that were there. Like the thing I love about watching the Watchmen, and I'm trying to say this without like giving up a bunch of stuff. But here's the thing: this is the last episode of the season. After it, we're giving up the ghost. Like we going after it, dog. Like we gonna talk about. We gonna you know it's gonna be all kind of spoiler alerts. Ain't gonna be talking around it. But this last episode, man. If you, I'll put to you like this: the last couple of episodes. Want just get you taking the time to give the average watcher, you know, like of the show to give you a chance to learn the history without having to go back and watch a bunch of looper videos or watch a bunch of stuff that's, you know, kind of that, that can teach you about the Watchmen. You could be completely caught up on the Watchmen and what it's about almost just off of these last few episodes. So I really appreciate that they kind of freaked us out for the first three, four episodes. And it's like, what's going on? And then they tied it all back in, and they kind of called us up. And now I'm hooked like any other HBO show. It's like unraveling an onion, man. I mean, the first four episodes, you're like, okay, what's happening? What, what's going on? Why is it raining squids? All kind of crazy stuff is going on. You're like, what is happening? And each episode makes you go, oh. You go, oh. Now that all makes sense because they, they, uh, the creators of the show are so meticulous in their detail that they foreshadow without foreshadowing, which I don't, I don't, I don't know if that makes any sense, but they foreshadow what's going to happen. And then when you can, when you watch it again, you go, Oh, now I see the little signs of what was supposed to be what, you know what I mean? So, and, and the, the fact that the, the title of this last episode was so, <laughs> was so unique. If you look at the title of the episode, you go, oh, okay. So it's just one of those kind of shows where, you learn, you get clues, you get little Easter eggs every show. Now the next episode is the the season finale, so that should be interesting. Yeah, but yeah, definitely want to nerd out. Now we had controversy with this show in that, you know, most of the the uh, most of the main characters are you know black. 
Regina King is, is basically carries the show, you know, and uh, they didn't like the fact Legend. that it kind of strayed away from the source material, you know, and they made uh, one of the main characters, you know, a black man. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of, quote unquote, you know, nerds that, that love the source material had a material hated that they took so many liberties with it. But whether you like the source material or not, the, the series is well made. Yeah. It is very well made. It does keep your attention. You know, if, if you're into that type of thing. I know Jay isn't into that type of thing and that's okay, but he did watch the first 10 minutes of it. So I'm proud of you, Jay. Yeah. Uh, the first five minutes. <laughs> oh, you won't even give it 10 minutes. Well, this guy. I put to you like this for the people who don't like comic book or hero culture or any of that stuff. They tend to not like or to be able to really deal with DC stuff for a long. You know what I'm saying? It's harder to get into a DC character. It's always dark. And Watchmen is definitely one of the darker ones. You can just tell by just the smile with the little splat of blood on it uh, that you every character is a troubled character. And just like in typical DC fashion. So. The Watchmen is definitely on our list of shows that we'll be discussing. Like I said, next week after we get down with the, you know, at the final episode of the season, there will be plenty of spoiler alerts. So if you haven't watched it, that's on you. Um, That's right. That's on you. Just steal somebody's HBO. Word to Silver Kanye. Yes. And none of us, I don't, I mean, Jay, you said that's for a play. That's why Kanye, is he doing a play about himself? Yeah. It's like a, it's called like Mary or something. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. It's just very disturbing to see Kanye West. You know, it's almost like, you know, what's going on? No, it's a, it's an opera called Mary. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Um, just, you know what? I'm yeah. hearing about Kanye West. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's time for us to move on, man. Let's go ahead and talk about a little bit of football. Let's get into a little bit of football talk. Uh, we're going to also kind of break off into two different discussions with this. We're going to talk about our teams, and uh, then we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what's going on with the evolution of the black quarterback right now because that's something for us to be proud of. I feel like the top quarterbacks in the league right now are all African-American, and we've talked about this a little bit before, but we want to talk about the performances that we've seen on the field uh, so far from some of these quarterbacks and kind of just uh, just have a, a general discussion about that here in a little bit. But right now, let's get the easy things out the way. The Bears. Let's talk about the Bears. <laughs> you, oh, now, I've been waiting on this. Raw Dog, may, and I'm, I, I may be misquoting you here, but I, I could have swore you said, I don't care what the Bears do for the rest of the season. They beat the Cowboys. I'm good. Now, was that your quote? Yes, sir. That was your quote. <laughs> that was, yes. Word, word for word, actually. Yeah. Very impressive. Not, yeah, still trash. But, yeah, I mean, uh, we, we, we're, you know, things are looking better than it was at the beginning of the season. Uh, I mean, they played uh, a great game against the Cowboys, man. Uh, I was just, I, honestly, when I watched that game, I was a little nervous because the Cowboys had lost a really tough game against the Bills. So I'm like, well, I know they're going to, you know, they're going to bounce back because you can't lose a game like that on national TV and not feel like you have to redeem yourself. And, you know, so I feel like, ah, man, the Bears are in a tough spot. Cowboys will come out just, you know, balling. And they did for like the first, uh, the first 10 minutes. Yeah, the first series, and then I don't know what happened after that, you know? And uh, he had Jason Garrett over there clapping his hands and not doing anything. And Trubisky actually played. He actually managed the game very well. I was very, very proud, you know? Now, uh, does that mean that we may make the playoffs? It's possible. If we continue on the road that we've been doing, we got a good shot of making the playoffs. Uh, we just can't revert back to the where we were at the beginning of the season. We were just pitiful at the beginning of the season. But, you know, I got to give props to Trubisky for hanging in there, man, because, you know, uh, in Chicago, he was getting mauled. He was getting drugged, dude, uh, for his, you know, his play. And he just he kept going. And eventually, I don't know, he hit his stride, you know. Chicago already has a really, really good defense. Our whole problem really was the offense. 
and we got a, a few injuries now, you know, that, that, that we're dealing with, but yet we're playing good team ball, man. So props to the Chicago Bears uh, for taking it to a Cowboys team that just seems a little off, you know, and, uh, you know, looking forward to the playoffs. Yeah. Now, from, as for my Kansas City Chiefs, man, we beat the New England Patriots. Um, you know, that's it doesn't matter who it is. You want New England to lose. That's what you need in your life. You yes. need a New England loss. Yes. It just make I don't know why, but it makes me feel better about myself when Boston teams lose. I don't know why. But um, it's just, I don't know. Like, the game wasn't, like, overly impressive. It showed the same it was a it was it's a feel good win anytime you beat the Patriots because you know they cheating one somehow the Chiefs equipment magically ended up in New Jersey but they ain't got nothing to do with them uh, supposedly and but you know I think for me uh, when it comes to like just looking at the holes that the Chiefs have it's just inexperience but I also come back to this really weird blind hope as a fan with the Kansas City Chiefs is that. It's any given Sunday, and so hopefully once the playoffs starts, you know, uh, which we're guaranteed to be in the playoffs, and the way I look at it, we more than likely will be playing on the first week. But, you know, like being in, you know, like clinching the AFC West, it's a weak division right now. And I, I, I came front and say that, like, we're a really great team because we've, you know, been tested through this rough and rugged division. We could lose out and still got the, the West. And so – it's not that we're like an exceptionally great team, but I do feel like we have the ability to beat every single team in the AFC that is going in, you know, going into the playoffs. I think we have that capacity and we've shown that we can show up and do it, but it is kind of like on that any given Sunday level. So um, what I saw against the Raiders, I wasn't, I was impressed that we were able to kind of hold off a little bit, but over the past few weeks, it's just been good to see the defense show up we literally played almost a flawless game I don't think we got a penalty against the Raiders uh and then turned around and before the first quarter was over had five against the Patriots so that kind of shows the level of quality of where you know where the Raiders are um but you know so for me I'm just looking at it like yo I'm just happy you know that we're in a position where we're still relevant we're starting to climb up and get a little bit more attention I think we can get a few more solid wins going to the playoffs, rested. I wouldn't even be mad if we set Pat Mahomes down for like the last game of the season just to make sure he's healthy. Um, Just because, you know, like it it is what it is. Now, if it's a battle for seeding, yes, of course, you know, we need to play. But hopefully we can go into the playoffs completely healthy. I know that's a few weeks down the line, but that's just where my mindset is. Jay, remind me after we get done talking, you know, these quarterbacks and NFL Remind me to ask you about your Oklahoma Sooners, man. I, I got a question, and I just I, I just thought of it, but I don't want to throw it out there yet. But right now, what, okay. about, what about them Cowboys, man? Uh, the Cowboys are currently tied atop the NFC least with a 6-7 and seven record. Uh, they lost to the Bears last week. Uh, like Raw Dog stated, the Cowboys, the they had the longest drive of the season on their first drive. They went, they went down the field, took up nine minutes of the first quarter, and got a touchdown. But after that, they were lethargic the entire game. Uh, they just couldn't get it going. Uh, I don't know if the team is just like you know, uh, forget it. You know, let's get Garrett out of here. It just it's just for them to be that bad. The Eagles have been even worse. Uh, the Eagles struggled with the two and eleven Giants to where now they're both tied atop the NFC East with a 6-7 and seven record. The Cowboys, they played the, the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday at home, and the Rams right now, they're cooking. They have two straight victories. Uh, they beat uh, Arizona, and then they beat Seattle on Sunday night football. So even with the Cowboys, with the possibility of them losing, they played the Eagles in a win-and-go-home game the next week. Uh, so, I mean, as much as I hate to say it, they still have a possibility of making the playoffs. They also still have a possibility of going six and ten on the season. But even if they win, you know, as a fan, it's just this is this is a wasted season. You know, I know I got excited after they won those three games, but I feel like Kellen Moore in the offense, they 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 played their cards too much. They let a little 
out, a little too much out the box. And so now, you know, the Cowboys are faced with the possibility of, you know, they're going to have to retool everything. They got to get rid of every, every position and just start over from scratch <laughs> if they don't win a Super Bowl this year. It's as simple as that. You know, Jerry Jones says all he says, saying he's going to bring back Jason Garrett. No, you, you, you're not going to win with him as the head coach and your coordinators. You're going to have to start from scratch pretty much. You have your you seven signs your quarterback yet, but you paid all of your young talent, so you need to put a good coaching staff behind them. And that's all I got to say about the Cowboys. Raw Dog, is that all you you, you thought he was going to say? Is there any more questions, anything you got for, for Jay? I, I, I believe the W speaks for itself. I know that Jay referred to the Bears basically as trash. And, uh, yes, I did. I think, uh, I, <laughs> see, there you go. I, I got to give Jay credit, man. He Everything he said, he telling the truth, man. He, he he being real objective about it. I know he feels some type of way about it, but I got to give him props on this one. No. Raw dog, this humble pie is so nasty. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like you were the one person about to, when when the game was over. The only person I could think about was Jay. I'm like, wow. I wonder how Jay feel right now. Yeah, I thought about you, bro. So now, and, and when the game was over, the first thing I thought about was you sitting at home making the Mr. Burns face. You know, when he <laughs> put his hands together, saying, "Excellent." <laughs> that's the well, that's the first thing I thought. Like I, I didn't even get on Facebook. I was just like, all right, you know, Raw Dog gonna say something, so I'm just gonna leave it alone. Bro, what you got cameras in my house, man? What you? How you know all that? <laughs> I know you. <laughs> we've been doing a, we've been doing a podcast for five years. I know you. Yeah, and he was shirtless. <laughs> you know it. Um. <laughs> so. Hey, man, it look good, Charlotte. I don't know what y'all talking about, man. Ain't nothing like a nice brown belly, bro. So the Dallas Cowboys quarterback is Dak Prescott. Now, Dak Prescott is a young man that Q, his QBR is usually pretty good. Like, he's usually leading the league. Even if his team isn't any good, he's got some pretty good numbers. Here the last few weeks, I think it's kind of declined. But for the most part, he's he's always in the division. Like, he's always in the league leader's amongst quarterbacks he's another one of those young color back uh, quarterbacks of color black quarterbacks i i know he, people say like him and pat mahomes are mixed but we we all just call it a black quarterback at the end of the day um so let me ask you guys man like amongst all of these young quarterbacks this new generation of quarterbacks dak do you put him in the mix with a lamar jackson pat mahomes or deshaun watson um, do you put him in there or, or is he with the Jameis Winston's, uh, you know, kind of group? Like what, where, where, where do you put Dak Prescott in the mix with, with, with this group of quarterbacks? I think, I think Dak is probably on the lower end, not because of anything Dak's done. Um, I just think he needs a, a better coach. Honestly, every, every good quarterback need that, need that, need that one good coach, man, to, uh, to really, live out his potential on that field, man. And and Jason Garrett just isn't it. Dak has potential. When this season first started, Dak was balling. Now, granted, it was against, you know, teams that weren't that great, but you can see the potential um, as a quarterback that Dak has, you know. He can be dangerous when he wants to. You know, but Dak got to be motivated, man. And right now, I just don't feel like he has that coach that can motivate him to go out and do what he do. So right now, Dak is probably on the lower end, but his potential puts him closer to me uh, in the middle of the pack. What do you say, Jay? Jay, as a person who watches all of his games, what do you think? Um, pretty much what Raw Dog has said, like the beginning of the season, he was being talked about as the MVP. But By who? they were playing – no, he, they were talking about him being he was on, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. They were saying that he was the early because the Cowboys are three and zero, and I think uh, Baltimore had lost the game, so everybody was you know pretty much on the Dak train. 
But as the season went on and he played against better competition, you know, he just didn't, you know, just didn't perform at a, a higher level. So I would say he's a, above Jameis. He's he's in the middle of the pack. Uh, Lamar, uh, Deshaun, and Patrick. Right now, they're uh, they're killing the game right now. So who would you say? But Dak is not on that level. Who would you say of those three top quarterbacks uh, with Mahomes, Jackson, and, and Watson? Who would you say is the number one quarterback right now as it speaks? Lamar. Is it, Lamar. Not so. Lamar. I'm, I'm Lamar. At, Lamar. Bro. And this is overall for the whole entire like collect since they've been in the league, or just what you're seeing the last six weeks. Last year was Mahomes. This year has been the Lamar Jackson show, and. I feel like Lamar Jackson, he uh, he was motivated going into the season because of the critics who said he should be a wide receiver. He wasn't a quarterback. I mean, I'm I'm loving all of the quarterbacks that are, are of our skin tone because they're pretty much pooping on the critics right now because all four of those quarterbacks, it was questions as to why, you know, as, as to them being into the league. I mean, Mahomes, Nobody really trusted him because he played with a Big 12 offense. Deshaun Watson, it was uh, questions about, you know, will he be durable because of his knee injury that he the, that he suffered at Clemson. Dak Prescott, they were like he was like a Tim Tebow. He couldn't throw the ball. And then even Lamar Jackson, they said he was just another Michael Vick without a running that, that ran, that can't throw the ball. And all four of them has exceeded expectations in this league right now. And Lamar Jackson is the biggest one because – you know, they told him he should be a wide receiver, and he, and he pretty much took the fuel from when he was said that when he was sitting in that draft room, and his mom had her head down on the table. You know, you don't as a as a son, you never want to see your mama suffer. So he's pretty much has did all of this to the critics this year. He's probably going to win the MVP this season. Yeah. So I think but, with I'll oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. You know, I just it's it's just been Lamar's yeah. season this year, and Baltimore everybody's behind him. Yeah, I think so like you got the San Francisco uh, commentator who says Lamar Jackson has an advantage because his skin is dark and you and it's hard to tell if he has the ball when it's up again. The ball blends in with his skin, which blends into the jersey. And so in response, the next week, you know, Lamar comes out with a white shirt, you know, uh, underneath him and with white gloves on. Uh, to kind of speak to that ignorance, but that level of ignorance still exists. Like he literally, if you listen to the to the play by play, he literally breaks down his logic between you know behind the idea that because Lamar Jackson's skin is dark, he has an advantage with sneaking the ball, and so this is this goes all the way back to you know the guy on CBS, uh, the Greek. Uh, back in the 80s saying that blacks were built with an extra muscle in their leg. That's why the running backs could run faster. And so, you know, the, the like, you know, everything that that, that, that these quarterbacks have to overcome um, is, is a very important thing. And that's one of the reasons, like, some people can get uncomfortable with the concept of, like, oh, we're highlighting or we're super excited that, you know, like, there's three, the three top quarterbacks in the league at this moment are black young men. This has happened before. We've had times where we had like McNair, Culpepper, and uh, you know I can't think of who else. McNabb. McNabb. Yeah, like we're McNabb, all McNabb and Vic. Yeah, like we've had this before, but this is one of the times where statistically they're dominating. And then on top of this, there's a changing of the guard. That's the part that I really love about the evolution of the way the game is changing to where people are wanting they're wanting to trust their quarterbacks it's not like oh we're stuck with this guy or he was just the most talented they're running offenses through them and they are playing they're proving something special um and I love what's going on because for example Pat Mahomes has played pretty much injured all season and he's been forced to try to stay in the pocket and play more disciplined and it's been it's not been as fascinating as last year but it's still been pretty good and it showed that he wasn't just what they thought he was. It was is in all flash. He's still finding the open man. He's still, you know, somewhat of a threat, even though, you know, he's not as mobile. Uh, so he's showing that he has the intelligence uh, and the patience to run a, an actual offense. And, yes, he does have a very talented core of receivers. But 
there's still something to be said about that. Um, then you have someone like Watson, who's just been consistent and just throwing up great numbers. So this changing of the guard that's happening is exciting. One, all three of them beat Tom Brady. That's something to be excited about. Anytime you get you get the opportunity to beat Tom Brady, that's a good thing. But as we're starting to see Tom Brady fade out, and he's only got a, probably another couple of years in him, which is amazing in itself to say. Like, And I'm not a Tom Brady fan, but it's amazing because, listen, I'm only 38, and you getting me to run the length of a football field twice, it ain't happening. You know what I'm saying? So, like, this man is out there still playing and – doing everything at 40 something that's amazing but as he's starting to fade out there's no you look around and it's nothing but mediocrity except for these three young men and so when you talk about who the face of the league is going to be it's not going to be golf you know he's not proven to be what they thought he was it's you know I heard a report the other day that someone said that Ryan Tannehill is going to be a a free agent darling whatever that means but um come on like that's a stretch like the next big thing like the face of the league is gonna have to be one of these three men and and to be honest with you I don't even take Dak out of the conversation because it's still Dallas and let them break through they will say Dak is the best thing since sliced bread but even the veteran quarterbacks um that are still kind of floating around We've got Russell Wilson, who's still floating around, who's one of the better skilled quarterbacks at his position, but his team you know, relies on him heavily. We'll see Cam Newton come back next year, and we never know what that's going to look like. More than likely, he may be a bear. You never know. But Well, no team. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe if it's a – you know, be honest with you, he should go to Jacksonville because that that that's a dumpster fire down there. But they're probably going to keep that mustached kid uh, going. But – let me ask you something, Raw Dog, real quick. What, when you were growing up, did you think you would ever see this watching football? Absolutely not, man. I mean, at most, I figured you know players that look like me would always just be you know the running back, play on the line, linebackers, things like that, man. I you know, you keep in mind that when I back in the eighties, man. The only black quarterback we had was what was the cat that was in Washington? Uh, ended up uh, coaching Williams. for Doug Williams. That's all we had. And after he left, there was nobody else for a while until, like, I guess, Warren, Warren Moon, Moon or somebody yeah. like that. Randall Cunningham yeah. and Warren so, Moon. So, you know, yeah. black quarterbacks were far few between. There was this, this ignorant uh, theory that, you know, it, it takes – brains to be a quarterback and black men just don't have that. Oh, they may have the, the physical prowess to be able to run and do all the other stuff that, you know, you, that your body can do, but they can't, they can't read defenses and they can't, you know, they, they can't make snap decisions. So the fact that we have at least four or five or, or more black quarterbacks in the league and no one's making a big deal about it, uh, just kind of, it's just a little, drip in the water that shows that we've kind of come a long way, man. Yeah, definitely. All right. Jay, you got something else to say about this before I ask you about your Sooners? Uh, nothing else, man. You guys pretty much touched on everything. It's, it's just like all dog said, we didn't expect this growing up. You said Doug Williams, and then after that, you know, Warren Moon and Randall Cuttingham, you know, they were, were Moon relied on his arm. Cuttingham relied on his arm and his legs. You know, they just didn't get the same love as the Joe Montanas and Dan Marinos and Troy Aikman's growing up, man. But like you said, you know, with Tom Brady, I don't think he's going to play forever. You know, this new crop of quarterbacks are going to be the future of the NFL. And I just look forward to them just continuing to shine. I hope that one of those three will represent the AFC in the Super Bowl this year. You know, we need a change of scenery with the Patriots. They've been they've been in the Super Bowl every year for the last, I think, four years. So we need a change of scenery with that. Yeah, definitely. Hey, so let me – I got two questions about your Sooners. One, do they deserve the spot that they got? And then two, where do you see their quarterback in the future as far as an NFL prospect? Uh, 
as far as we do they deserve it? Yes. I mean, no other team, I mean, no other team in the rankings, you know, after them deserve it. Uh, Utah lost. Uh, Oregon had two losses. Uh, Georgia lost. They have two losses. You know, OU, they won their conference. They beat the team that they played in the conference championship twice. So they deserve the position. As far as with Jalen Hurts as a quarterback, uh, I don't, you know, it's just, you got to have a big arm in a sense in the NFL. And I, I don't think he's a first round prospect. I think a lot of people jumped the gun at the beginning of the season because he, like Dak Prescott, he starts the season off hot. And so everybody was saying he would be a first round draft pick and everything. But I don't think, I think he will be a great backup, but I don't think he will be a NFL starter. What about, um, what about, I haven't been following it, so you, so I'm completely ignorant here. So is he in the Heisman conversation? Yeah, he, he was a finalist. Uh, he's one of four players that's going to New York this weekend. But Joe Burrow from LSU is going to win. You know, he's pretty much taken off, you know, after uh, Jalen Hurts lost the game to Kansas State. You know, Burrow, who was at Ohio State, he was a tra- he transferred to LSU. You know, he he got his uh, offensive coordinator and quarterback coaches from the Saints, so he looks just like he plays just like Drew Brees. And after they beat Alabama, you know, he started getting a lot of looks, and he's had a he's had a great season. So he's going to win the Heisman Trophy this yeah. year, Joe Burrow's, and he's probably going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft in twenty twenty. All right, good to know, good to know. Thank you for keeping me updated. And next uh, next show, let's talk a little bit more about college football and what's going on and some of the bowl games and other things. Uh, right now, it's time for us to talk NBA talk, and any time we talk NBA talk, we got to talk about the Thunder and other things that are going on. Man, this season has been really, really exciting to watch. It's been odd. I watched a game the other night with the Rockets versus the uh, – I watched the Rockets play against Sacramento, and I saw this game winner. It was amazing. But what was also amazing is I watched Russell Westbrook <laughs> ball out as hard as he could. He was in foul trouble. He came in, and he and it was just like watching Russ is still entertaining. I discovered that Russ somehow gets a pass in my in my heart. I don't know why. He is a train wreck that I love to watch, and I felt good knowing <laughs> that this dude does the same thing to the Rockets that he did to the Thunder. He is like, he can be exciting and save the day, but he also can, can completely just like, see, he's just a train wreck. And the beautiful thing I love about it is the facial expressions from James Harden. When Russ just takes the ball, just completely unsolicited, just, you know, the coach didn't call it and he just goes straight to the rim. And and James Harden's just used to the ball stopping with him at some point. And so it's interesting to see that team dynamic. But I just wanted to say that because I was watching that game the other night, and they thought they had the game. I mean, did we not see that coming? When when they said Russell and James were going to play together, did we not see this coming? This is going to be James Harden and Chris Paul all over again. I think – well, you know what's funny, though? Yep. It's like – and it's weird because they they the same age pretty much. Like it's almost like it's this big brother little brother dynamic though. Like it feels like sometimes like if James does do it, he's gonna do it like he did with Chris Paul. He's gonna secretly go into the office and be like, "Hey, you know, I ain't saying it, but Russ gotta go." Like you know, it's gonna be something different. Like he's he's not gonna like put the language like Russ gotta go, but he might go in and say, "Well, if you traded him for Kyrie, I wouldn't be mad." So which was a rumor I heard of because they want to get rid of, you know, uh, Kyrie. And so could you picture Russ reuniting with KD up in New Jersey with that surrounding cast? I, I say New Jersey, but Brooklyn, my bad. Negative. Yeah. Negative. That is not going to happen. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll say this, being that, you know, we're talking about the Thunder and watching them play and watching Russ play, like you said, he's a train wreck you love, but watching the Thunder over the last two weeks and watching how, and I was talking to my buddies in my Thunder group, you know, like we, we watch Chris Paul in the way that he controls the ball and he, 
he dribbles the ball and he moves the ball around, and it's almost like they look for that shot. But with Russ, you know, you see him dribbling around, he loses it, steps back, shoots a three-pointer, hopes to get fouled, misses. You know, situations like it's good to see them where they run a play when they're down two. Granted, if Gallinari misses, okay, we tried. But when Russ was there, it was always they run a play for Russ. He never passed it. He just shot the ball every time. He either made it maybe 10% of the time, but he missed it. But I just, I, I'm enjoying this team. And it's sad that, you know, that Paul Gallinari and Steven Adams are all possibly on the trading block because the Thunder are looking to move them. Like, you guys right now are in the eighth spot in the West. And why would you mess up something right now? You know, they're finally starting to mesh together and trust each other. But, you know, you're looking at Sam Pressy and the Thunder organization. They're trying to look for something else. Like, they're not looking for the playoffs. They're looking for 10 years down the line. Why would you mess up something right now when it's looking good? Yeah. I think, you know, and what's funny, with the amount of draft picks that we have right now, we already can find we may have our Kevin Durant right now in draft picks. We may have our next next Russ. And to be honest with you, with 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 uh SGA like SGA, like we st- we may actually have a couple of pieces that are on the court right now that are the future of the Thunder. And so to be honest I like him. Yeah, he's like and his game is so smooth. I've not seen a game as smooth as his since Paul George. And he, to me, I think is a keeper. But overall, I feel like what we have to do is I would love as a fan. I love seeing that team on the court. Like I went to the Portland game against the Thunder, not the last one. That was the good game. I chose to go to the first one when they came and we got blown out. At one point, we was losing by 30. I don't know if you all understand how aggressively horrible of a situation that was for me for all these Let me back down a little bit. I was about to get angry. So the running theme amongst these fans here, these fans, I'm just going to call them these fans here, is to do the little bye-bye that that Damian Lillard did throughout the game. Like that's all they kept doing every time. And so I wanted to break somebody's wrist a couple of times throughout the game. But uh, we gave them – you know, Melo went off in that game. We gave them no reason – yeah, we gave them no reason to think that we would ever be a threat or be a good team. You know what I'm saying? Like we it, watching that game, I was like, man, the highs and the lows. Like I just want some consistency, but this has been a consistently good team. And to be honest with you, I can only think of the Indiana game and the game I attended are the only two games I can think of this season where we just really wasn't in the game. Like we really just got blown out, and there was never a, a peak. There was never a window where it's like, oh, we're gonna come back. Like, for the most part, we've been in it. So, I love the makeup of this team. I wish we would just roll with it for the rest of the season and see what you can do with it. I hate the idea of losing Steven Adams especially. Um, Like, you know, this is a team that I feel like, you know, if we had Russ, we would be all in for that eighth, seventh, sixth seed, right? Because that's who we are. That was our identity when it was just Russ. We knew we was gonna end, you know, end up in that spot, and we would have been fine with that. I say we just we let's be fine with where we are with with you know, with Chris Paul. I believe that we actually do. With everything in me, I don't want to say this because I don't want to get my hopes up, but I believe that if we kept everything the same, I really do think that we could we could probably lock in that seventh seed. Not saying we're gonna make it out the first round, but we could get that seventh seed. I don't believe Portland's done. I don't believe that some of these teams are out of the playoffs right now. I'm in love. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I've been saying this for the last couple of years. I knew Kevin Love wanted to be here. I knew that that – because people around here still talk about Kevin Love. Like, he's literally a legend around this area. Like, people love this dude. And I don't even remember his dad, you know, being a pro. But, uh, yeah, people people love Kevin Love here. So – I'm pretty sure it's a lock that they're going to go ahead and be done with this Hassan Whiteside experiment and, and get rid of them soon. Um, but, yeah, man, the Thunder, I ain't, missed the, I, I ain't really missed the game yet. The best game was that Minnesota game. Did y'all see it with uh, – well, The overtime win? Yeah. Chris Paul, the snitch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and did you see the yeah, next – 
<laughs> Here's the thing about the Thunder, man, now as a team. Um, first of all, my expectations weren't too high for them to begin with, but they look like an actually coached team. So maybe Donovan wasn't the problem. <laughs> we used to always blame the coach. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, you know, so I, 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 you see an actual coach team that runs plays. Now, you know, they, they weren't gelling at first. They, they were always coming up a little short, and they still do from time to time. They come up just a few points short. But you can tell that these guys are playing like a bona fide team. So it'd be a shame if they they decided to start trading uh, off, you know, some of the ones that we have. You know, we got we got picks, so there really is no need for it. But you know, hey, I don't have Sam Presti's job. You know, they paying the big bucks for a reason. So, but it, it is it is fun to watch this this team play with no expectation. Like you know, we can lose this game, as right. opposed to when it was when Russell was there. It was like we should win it, but we won't. Yeah, yeah. Because I thought we would lose to Utah uh, on Monday night, and they they dug Utah. I was I was going into it thinking it was going because they played in the first game of the season, and Utah defeated them. But they came out and they just and they didn't have Gallinari in that game. You know, it was a a a, a big uh, Chris Paul, Stephen Adams, and Dennis Schroeder who were the big three on Monday, and they did a good job of containing Donovan Mitchell and just making them take horrible shots and the defense was on point and they beat Utah. Who's uh, one of the toughest teams in one of the toughest arenas to play in, in the, uh, the NBA. Yeah. They got Sacramento tonight. So hopefully the winning ways can continue. Yeah. Sacramento self, like they just completely shot themselves in the foot by fire. And was it Mike Malone and bringing in, uh, you know, just because a guy coached in LA doesn't mean he's good. Like they brought in Walton and, you know, he's one of those guys who's just riding off of the reputation of taking Steve Kerr's place for a few months and somehow parlaying him getting a second job. And he should not have gotten that one, like in comparison to who was already in place. And I understand that Marvin Bagley and De'Aaron Fox has been out, but they still had not been playing at the level that they played at last year. So hopefully Sacramento can do something better. But they are one of those teams that's sneaky good but also sneaky awful because like Harrison Barnes still thinks for some reason he's the man and he jacks up a lot of shots for them that is ill-advised. Like he should be the vet that hardly comes off the bench, but still gives some good advice. Um, he should be that for them, but they have Trevor Ariza too, I believe. And so I think that stops him from being that. So um, they're an interesting team. <laughs> They're, they're a real interesting team to watch, man. Um, when it boils down to it, man, what's what's your favorite thing watching you watching right now in the NBA? Like, are y'all liking what you see from the Lakers and, and Minnesota, or is it just all just thunder? As I say Minnesota, I meant Milwaukee. My bad. I, I say uh, Luca in Dallas. Uh, he's exceeding my expectations uh, when he was traded from Atlanta to Dallas for Trey Young. I was like, what is going on? Why is Dallas trading Trey Young for this guy? But apparently, you know, they seen more tape than I did, but you know, he's the face of the league and he's an international player, so he's getting a lot of love right now. The Lakers, I mean, after that first loss, they just kind of the reason why the Lakers are successful this year, and they're going to go only as far as Anthony Davis being healthy. Right, Like he's for the last seven games, he's been listed as questionable with a shoulder injury. And I feel like if he was in New Orleans, he would take off a few games. But LeBron James is pushing him to superstar level. Like he, this is the Anthony Davis that we've been envisioning since he left Kentucky. And he's finally getting that. Uh, this team, as long as they're healthy, I keep saying this, as long as LeBron James, because last year, he was healthy up until the Christmas game against the Warriors, and that's when he had the, the groin injury, and they kind of like threw their season into a loop after that. But as long as this team is healthy, they're my picks to come out the West. And then with Milwaukee, you know, you got to take in that Giannis is putting up these numbers in only 30 minutes of play. 
he's playing 30 minutes because Milwaukee is blowing everybody out. I mean, they blew out the Clippers the other night. They were up by like 43 points at one time in that game. But those are some of the highlights of this season that I enjoy watching is uh, those two teams along with Luka, uh, Luka from uh, the Mavericks. Yeah. Raw Dog, you got anything else to say about this NBA thing? Yeah, man. Go Thunder. All right. <laughs> All right, so it's about time for us to uh, close out our show. Right before we close out, though, man, I want to point out uh, we like it to have this little segment called Brother You Wrong. And this week on Brother You Wrong, we're going to talk about the Golden Globes just being wrong for not giving any nominations at all to when they see us. I don't even know how. I mean, like, is there even a brother involved at the Golden Globes? Because honestly, this is one of those not so hidden racisms. And so I, I can't I can't imagine how they don't get any kind of not like, is it that they don't do shows like that at the Golden Globes or like what what could be the reason that they did? They got nothing. It's because Golden Globes is a joke. It's a joke, man. Ain't nobody. The only time people are concerned about Golden Globes is when they win one. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Ain't nobody care about the Golden Globes, man. Yeah. I got another brother you wrong, man. The other one is, I don't even know this brother's name or this guy's name. But whoever the coach is for the opposite, I don't even know the name of your team. But this kid <laughs> put up. Baptist University. <laughs> yes. This kid put up 100 points. 100 points. Brother, you wrong for like, you know, look, I don't believe in quitting. But if I'm the coach on the other team, at some point, I, I, you know, I, I just, I called a dude over to me. I called the other coach over to me. Hey, 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 come here, come here. Brother, you wrong. What are you doing here? Like, they was up. Like, this dude had 51 at halftime. Like, something's, I, I get it. He saw it. He wanted to hit it. It is what it is. But that's weird, At man. some point, man, you got to call a double team or something. When he hit a point sixty, you got to go, look, let's just double team him. Yeah. Or, you know, like, at some point, <laughs> I ain't, you know, like, I, if I'm the other coach, I just start just sweep the leg. You know, I just start telling them, like, hey, man, go hit him in the ribs. Like, at some point, you got to. You like, you like Cobra Kai now. Yeah. Like, there's got to be, you got to have one cat. You got, what, what's his name from uh from from the move? Ah, man, from Above the Rim. You got to have that cat. The one is, if you about Sorry. to lose. More time? Yeah. More time? Yeah. <laughs> Who? Y'all watched that this past weekend, man. Motown's a G. <laughs> this kid shows up, put on his Coloroids, and and knocks down a hundred. And no, I mean, like, in in this, it's a fun little thing to say. Now, is this gonna get this kid in the league? No, it's not gonna get him a G League look. His brother's in the league right now. Yeah, and his brother like rides the bench in Minnesota, right, or something like that. I'm, you know, because he's a yep. rookie. <laughs> So it's like, yo, like this ain't gonna get you in the league. If anything, it got your brother more looks. But it's like, yeah, you know, a hundred against, I don't know, y'all church league anyway. So it's sort of like it's not like people really looking because what what are they in the NIAI? It was a, it was a it, well, it was a church school, Southwest Adventist. Yeah, uh, Langston used to play them when I was in college. But yeah, he put up a hundred against them and. I, I guarantee you he, um, he plays Langston twice this season. Uh, the first one is on January 16th. And I guarantee you a Langston goon will not let that happen. Yeah. They're going to hit him in his ribs, and we're going to see if he's a real one. Yeah. It'll be discussed, like, when everybody's it's shaking hands. going down. When they all shaking hands before the tip-off, somebody's just going to hold his hand a little bit longer and be like, hey, don't try that. <laughs> like, somebody's going to say it. Like, and it's, it's it's that's it. He'll know from that point on when when that person say, "Hey, don't mm-mm. you don't embarrass nobody in front Man, of they're gonna like pull that. that flagrant foul play out." Hey, uh, uh, play number seventy one. That's the flagrant foul play. <laughs> yeah, they, and they, it won't even be disguised. Like the coach will just yell out, "Flag flagrant, flagrant!" Just just get. Him. <laughs> hey, hey, I got a brother. You wrong. What you got? A brother, you wrong. Uh, what's his name? Anthony Joshua. I didn't see the fight, but I've heard about the <laughs> fight. And apparently, 
<laughs> Eddie Joshua did the Floyd Mayweather thing. He uh, jabbed and moved, jabbed and moved, jabbed and moved. Bruh, you're a heavyweight, okay? You're not a super lightweight, bantamweight, cruiser. You're not any of those. You're a big guy. Beat somebody up, man. Nobody pay $70 for a pay-per-view to watch you jab and move, jab and move. Ain't nobody. I know Jason somewhere probably a tear coming out of his eye because that's not how he sees it. But come on, dude. Ruiz, he knocks you out. At the very least, you could try to knock him out. Probably you won't. Fight like a man. Yeah. So like, you need to go fight Wilder. Let's just see how much you're going to jab and move when that brother coming from you from the other side of the ring. Let me just say, right now, Deontay Wilder, best boxer, best boxer right now. Dude is a to beast. Day. To this day. <laughs> <laughs> Love that dude, man. I, <laughs> That's what I want. I want a thug in the ring, man. I'm looking for every opportunity <laughs> to say that in real life. Like, but I don't work for anybody now. But like, if I actually like had a boss, I I'm, I would be looking every day. I would go and looking for opportunity to yell to this day at some point. Like whether I'm quitting, whether it's like I'm, we got into it about something. But that's the most scariest thing to people in other cultures to yell like that. We knew he wasn't like mad, mad. But yeah. I don't know. You can see people was shaky on that one, boy. I got to use that in some yep, way. That's going to that's follow him forever to I'm, this day. I'm going to put that in my next sermon. I'm, that's what I'm going to do. That's <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, I'm going to implement it. <laughs> Praise Jesus to this day. <laughs> to this day, Jesus loves you. To this day. <laughs> do you love the like, Lord? Why, why Pastor being so aggressive? Cause <laughs> he was crip walking. I do. Want a thug in the pulpit too? We just named our episode the "To This Day" episode. And by the end of every episode, we come up with a name, and that's how we do it. Just acting a fool. Jay, before we get up out of here, man, did you have a brother you wrong by any chance? Brother, you are wrong. I don't have a brother you wrong. You guys have covered everything that was wrong in the pop culture this week. All right. It's the holiday season. We just got to care. Yeah, brother, you're wrong for not having nothing. Mm-hmm. I, I know brother, mm-hmm. I'm better in 2020, brother. Man, you know, I ain't shaved. So you got a couple of weeks. I ain't shaved in two weeks, man. I mean, two months. I, I, you, I got a full George. Well, I said, you say shave, you mean shave your... Shave your head or shave your beard? Either one, both of them. I ain't shaved either one, but I mean, okay. So you just you just gonna walk over looking like George Jefferson, huh? That's what you're gonna do. It's a, it's a big hole in it, man. Like, but it's starting to comb over. It's it's that much hair that, like, you know, like when I, you know, I go to brush it, it comb over and make it look like I still got a hairline. <laughs> like, I, brother, I'm wrong. I'm I'm doing a brother. You're wrong on myself. I looked in the mirror the other day. I was like, man, what? I understand I'm working, like I'm in my zone, but it's like, brother, you wrong. I I have to say that to men who know they need to shave, and I, I'm gonna say it to myself. Now, now, now I'm gonna be shaved tonight just because you said that. Yeah, you won't, yeah. but it's good. It's, not, feel, it's nice to I say. I feel that. convicted. <laughs> All right, fellas, we out, man. Another good show. Is that pers- should we not say another good show? Yeah, it don't matter. It's our show. It was a good show. It was a great yeah. show. Yeah, we go. It was a good show. Very informative. Yeah, you've now been informed. To this day. There you go. Now go off go off about your day. To this day. Yeah. Stop spitting. <laughs> I mean, I spit all I spit all on my phone, man. That's not even a spit thing. Like to say this day. Yeah, I don't think spit should come out. Unless you just gotta never mind. Man, I was about let me stop the recordings. I don't want to be on camera. Yeah. And we out.